the third of this trilogy, the ninth in these nine films. To have Annie Leibovitz come and document the, the work that's being done. It's incredible. It's just, it's, it's a gift. Here we go. Annie has been a part of this saga for almost 40 years. She's sharing in the culmination of this with all of us. It's an incredible honor to have her step in and capture this moment. It feels like a proper journey. We were in the desert for the first one, and now we're here for the last one. I feel very nostalgic at many, many points that this is sort of... As everyone says, you don't get experiences like this very often. It has been this incredible journey. I'm going to miss it so much. Me, Daisy, and Oscar. It's like a moment in all of our lives, really. This is truly it. It's a blessing and an honor. This is Jason And this is Gabe (laughs) We knew this was coming But we still weren't ready It's the the slow drip It's that that Rise of Skywalker drip It's getting louder Over in the sink Trying to sleep (laughs) It used to sound like it was in the other room Now it sounds like it's in the room with you The sink it hasn't overflowed yet, but that that is coming because this this Vanity Fair thing it happens every Star Wars movie except for Rogue One and Solo, where you get the the teaser trailer and then you get the Vanity Fair and then in the summertime we're going to get the Entertainment Weekly and then it's going to be the D twenty three of the San Diego Comic Con. We're going to get a behind the scenes sizzle reel in the summer. Then we're getting close into the era of another trailer and then we're in tv spots and then it's total insanity then we're yeah then we're walking sideways down the street and wearing our clothes backwards and eating with our hands and well it's pretty much it's like yoda's speech in phantom menace but we're not worried about turning to the dark side it's it's rise of skywalker fever that we're working towards with all the steps along the way so we've just got a little 
a little cough right now. We're starting to feel a little bit warmer. It's like, I, th- I think I'm getting a sore throat. I hope it doesn't get worse. And then before you know it, you're laying in bed sweating. Ooh, I need crackers. Start making some uh, chicken soup because uh, we're going to need it pretty soon when we got the full on fever. Get some emergency, pour it in your water. Well, it's always early in the morning. They let you know it's coming. You can't even start your day because it's like you wake up. And it's like, oh, it's coming any minute now. Oh, <laughs> you're trying to get ready for work. You don't want to miss anything. It could, it could be here any minute. You know, which I appreciate that, though, than it just dropping randomly. I like the heads up a little bit, at least a little bit of a heads up. Yeah, that's true. But it's it's just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the exciting thing with the Vanity Fair thing, too, is it's like it's not like you're getting just one photo. You're getting a series of photos and they're like beautiful, gorgeous photos of all your favorite people. And But you don't know what you're going to get. Like, are you going to get some some weird creatures? Are you going to get, you know, you can safely assume you're going to get Kylo Ren and Ray and Finn and Poe. They're going to be in it. But, you know, we got stuff. With this Rise of Skywalker Vanity Fair thing that we were not expecting at all. Well, we know we're going to get stuff that's probably not in the movie, but it's inspired by stuff in the movie, which makes it even more mind-melting because you're seeing impressions of what's going to be in the movie, even though it's the real people, but we're not necessarily seeing real scenes, which just makes you wonder which, which of these are real scenes and which of these are definitely just posed for the magazine. But then there's like the video that comes out that like some of the photos that you see for the magazine, you see them like filming stuff in the video. And it's just like, well, it looks like it's filming the same part. Oh, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a long history going back to the prequels of these Vanity Fair, Annie Leibovitz photo shoots. There was Phantom Menace was the first one. And that was like a gorgeous, beautiful experience. And there was the Attack of the Clones of... Anakin and Padme laying in the grass together and Revenge of the Sith was really nice with all the characters back together. And it was so cool. It came back for Force Awakens and for Last Jedi. And, you know, and people forget, but it did exist. There was a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull Vanity Fair shoot, too. They know where they need to be. (laughs) Just the just the best stuff. This Rise of Skywalker one, though, it's freaking me out because it's like this movie is happening. It's coming we had a teaser trailer. I keep watching the teaser trailer almost to remind myself that, like, no, this this it's really happening. Your brain's trying to pretend like it's not coming so you can still function. <laughs> but every once in a while, you remember. We've got photos. There's an article. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to wonder about, a lot to freak out about. Let's get into it. Let's start talking first about the photos. Let's go photo by photo. What's our first photo in this Vanity Fair Rise of Skywalker experience. So the first one, we get some behind-the-scenes action in uh, Jordan's Wadi Rum Desert. And what they let us know, this is a new planet. It's not Jeddah. It's not Tatooine. It's not Jakku. It's not Geonosis. It's something totally new. It's a totally new desert called Pasana. Did you see that Pasana comes from a Hindi word? Did you read about this? No, I did not. I'm going to slaughter the pronunciation of this. So, vi- Vipassana. 
meaning insight into the true nature of reality, defined as dukkha, suffering, unsatisfactoriness, non-self, the three marks of existence in the Theravada tradition. I don't know. That's a insight into the true nature of reality. JJ said he's uh, getting wild on this one. So if this is where the third act, the final act of the final film in this nine part saga is taking place. And we've already seen with Christian Allsman's amazing cover art for the, the rise of Skywalker art book of some trippy things going on and perhaps some bending of reality. But one other thing with this picture that's interesting is, uh, well, I mean, it's not that, but it's kind of neat that Ray has her little, uh, Daisy Ridley has her like staff holding assistant there who's just in the back holding her staff for her. It's like the staff keeper. Well, in this, this photo too, what they're filming almost kind of looks like they're filming the, the first scene in the, the teaser trailer. Yeah. That's a good point. Because that would kind of make sense, too, if, like, they knew they're filming, if Vanity Fair's there filming, like, people are going to see this stuff in the teaser trailer anyway. So it's not like they're really giving away any of the secrets. Because that's a thing, too. Even with all these photos we saw, we're not seeing anything too, 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 too radically different from what we saw in that little over a minute of footage in the teaser trailer. We're still kind of in the dark, but... All right, so what's our next photo? So next we get the actual magazine covers, right? Which there is, you know, surprise, surprise, there's a Kylo cover and a corresponding Ray cover. What what could that mean? They they connect in the middle, and they were saying that there is a, a hidden meaning in them. Did you pick up on this? I saw that there was a hidden meaning, but I don't know what it is. Do you know what it is? I think it's a, if you look at the skies be, behind Kylo and Ray, that Kylo is a sunset and Ray is more of a sunrise. Uh, that Kylo has kind of a darker sky around him, where Ray looks like more of like a morning sky. So the the rise and the fall, the dark and the light, the balance and the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it for Kylo though. He looks great. He's. <laughs> I really like his. Uh... His new sleeves, like it's, or not the, like, I think the sleeves and it's the same, but like where his arm goes into the shirt, like, I don't know. It's like a puffy, bubbly space vest jacket. It's like, seems more sci-fi now. And I like that his cape is just like stitched on so he doesn't lose it. Like, I bet you his gloves are like stitched in too. Like when you're a kid and you have your mittens so you don't lose them. <laughs> to be the worst thing if Kylo Ren lost his cape or his gloves. Oh no, we've got to go back. I think I forgot my gloves. <laughs> so he's got, he had Leia stitch him in, even though it was even though it was his like dark side suit. He's like, "Come on, mom, can you at least sew these in for me?" <laughs> he just blames Ray for everything. The girl stole my gloves. I didn't lose them. The girl stole them. She was here. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? Too? I was like zooming in on this picture of. Uh, Adam Driver, and I was thinking, man, no, nobody's complaining about the scar moving anymore. People, the, the scar moving, it's 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 like the the non special edition versions. People, <laughs> it was just moved on. Nobody cares about that anymore. There was a yeah, that was the secret of Last Jedi. There was enough stuff to distract people from the scar that no one even brings up the scar anymore. <laughs> Those are simpler times when. Well, remember there was a while too where people were like, 
do you think JJ's going to move the scar back to match Force Awakens? Like, that's the stuff that he's, man, that man, Ryan Johnson, he moved that scar. I'm moving it right back. <laughs> he somehow has two scars he has it in both places so everyone can be happy. I would be really into that. I mean, it's like the Attack of the Clones, or depending on what theater you see it at, you're going to see his scar in a different place. I would be, be true Star Wars. But I'm, you know, I was glad to see it's, it didn't, it didn't heal. Even with all that, you know, all his technology. The girl says it looks cool, so I might, I might keep it. His hair is kind of puffy, which is good to see again. Yeah. And it's dirty this time. It's a combination of a good puff and dirt. You know, it's like the best of both. It's it's a little bit of Force Awakens and a little bit of Last Jedi. It's, oh, it's like he's been wearing that. He hasn't taken the helmet off for the last year, so... Yeah, and the Ray one, we get probably the best look yet at uh, her new outfit, which, you know, is pretty much kind of like Kylo's hair, right? It's a combo between Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I still can't tell. Does she have a hood? It looks like she might have a hood on the back, right? You can see in that first picture where they're filming on the back there, that's that's a hood. Oh, you're right. Man. Very Jedi-like. Yeah, I love she still has her blaster and we saw that one picture. It seems like maybe she gets to use it. She still has her staff, which still confuses me. Well, it's interesting. This cover picture, unless her hand that her her other hand that doesn't have her staff, where's her lightsaber? Well, wouldn't it be on that side that's hidden by the fabric? Like it seems like they always do that with these, right? To just mess with you. Like when we ever we saw Luke, like they always conveniently had his robes and things hiding where there would be a lightsaber. So you don't really know if it's there or not. And I still love her, her armband covering up her scar from the Praetorian guard fight. So much cool stuff. If you, you put the two covers side by side with uh, Kylo and Ray, it's almost like they're l- looking at each other. It's like two people like at a party. They don't want to look at each other and they're next to each other. But they're trying not to really hard to not look at each other. Right. Well, they're looking across the room at each other. Yeah, because she kind of almost has a little bit of the face from the teaser where it's like she doesn't quite look mad, but she doesn't quite look happy. This movie's going to be good. (laughs) If these pictures were released into theaters, it would make a bajillion dollars. They're going to zoom in on these pictures for the first 20 minutes of the movie. Let's let's move on to our next photo. What do we have next? All right, so now we're getting into we're getting into some secrets here. The Knights of Ren—they're real. They're back. They're in a they're in the desert. They look really uncomfortable because they're all wearing black and helmets. They're, they're probably really stinky and sweaty. It's <laughs> a bunch of weirdos. It's a guy with a gun arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this guy with a giant knife, giant blade, or it's a big spatula. He's like their cook. He's the knight of Ren that uh, his job is to make the flapjacks. Yeah, he makes really big pancakes. Their their full name is the Knights of Ren and Pancakes. <laughs> Kylo made him shorten it. <laughs> Kylo Ren, not a fan of pancakes. We learned that. The, the article says that the in Vanity Fair that Kylo Ren, we learned that Kylo Ren does not like pancakes, which is kind of weird, but he does like waffles. I can see that. He looks like a waffle kind of guy. <laughs> they got they got crevices to hold the butter, so 
it's really the secret. Well, what, what do you think about these uh, these knights around? Are they are they cool? Are they goofballs? I mean, do you think they're actually even going to do much in the movie, or are they just going to show up and get killed? I hope they do something. I mean, they're kind of cool, right? They kind of look like weird alien bounty hunter guys, or like if Kylo Ren had a fan club, they would show up. Because I kind of like that their clothes kind of look like it's like Kylo threw his old clothes away and they took them out of the trash and they're like we're gonna make our own kylo ren clothes i'm down with whatever they want to do whatever part of the story they fit in is cool but part of me like if when i look at these guys i feel like i get celebration when you see some guy with his homemade darth whatever suit (laughs) and it looks really cool it's like you know it's like a you're this personal Sith Lord costume that somebody made and you're like, Hey, that's cool. But when you get home and someone asks you, what was the cool costumes at celebration? You're not going to be like some guy made his own Darth nasty outfit or something. (laughs) True. And so these guys are a little bit Darth nasty in my opinion. But when I see a guy with an arm gun in action, I might totally change my tune. Well, and then there's like a guy with a helmet with a hood over the helmet and goggles over the hood, or it's, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued, and I'm intrigued what, yeah, a guy with a spatula and a guy with a baseball bat, like, what are they going to do against people with blasters? But it's interesting that J.J. brought him back, because remember way back when the standalone movies were a thing, and someone asked J.J. about what, if he had to do one or whatever, and he said how he had ideas for a story about the Knights, for, Knights of Ren, remember that? Oh, Yeah. Like that was like something that he was thinking about, and maybe he's got something cool for them to do that he to bring him back, or they just show up and immediately get like ran over by a by a truck. C three PO like accidentally is driving a uh, truck and backs up over and kills them. Did you hear that? This is madness. We're doomed. This time you have gone too far. So what's up next here? Possibly the star of the show if there wasn't so much crazy amazing stuff in these pictures but we get our new character zori bliss carrie russell as the masked scoundrel zori bliss seen in the thieves quarter of the snow dusted world kid kijimi kijimi kidster me this is so Oh, Zori Bliss. It's like Django Fett crossed with Phasma, crossed with a pike. There's a little bit of Zam Wessel in there. She's got sweet Dooku Saber looking blasters that go out handle first. So she either like takes them out with her arms crossed or she takes them out and immediately spins them. I don't know. She's got a sweet belt buckle. Oh. And the biggest helmet maybe ever in Star Wars, right? Does anyone else have a helmet that that deep? She's just going to fall over backwards. Maybe there's like a little a little thruster on her helmet that's always going to like keep her head level so she doesn't fall backwards. She's probably going to have a super cool like through a helmet voice. Oh, I didn't even think about that. How does she fit into the story? What's going on? What's the snow-dusted world of Kijimi? Who's Zori Bliss? Maybe she's friends with Claude. I believe in miracles. Claude with a K, uh, K-L-A-U-D. Uh, 
and they Claude's like you gotta you gotta talk to my friend Zori. What if Claude is the storyteller of the whole thing? He's he's the will. He's the will that tells the he's writing in his journal. Like at the end, he brings out like a big book. He's like, it's called the Star Wars. It's like Game of Thrones. I wrote about everyone and all their adventures, but there's still one more adventure to go. And he opens up that page and it says like, coming 2022. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Zori Bliss, man. I, you know, we said this about Emphis Nest, Celebration Anaheim. I want to see 10,000 Zori Blisses walking around. Where's, where can I pre-order the Black Series figure yet? Like where is? I'm in bliss, thinking about Zori Bliss. It's all you can feel is bliss. All right, we got to move on. We got to move on. What do we have next? I know there's a lot to get through. All right, so next, our good buddy General Hux, hanging out with Allegiant General Pride, played by Richard E. Grant on the bridge of Kylo Ren Star Destroyer. There. <laughs> <laughs> they're evil, they're in black, and they're also either starting a, a synthwave band or they are they're they're bringing back uh, sprockets and they want Butch Patrick to touch the monkey. They're big fans of Peter Murphy, I think. They they like Bauhaus. There's just doom and gloom hanging out on the bridge of Kylo Ren Star Destroyer. They're going to tell you that The Hunger is the best vampire movie ever made. <laughs> it's debatable. I'm not sure. But, man, it, it's – oh, it – it reminds me of like the windows like on the internet, like most awkward family photos ever. And there's like the picture of like the goth family. It's not too far off from this picture right here. Now that Snoke is dead, Hux is like, this is my chance to uh, remake myself as like really deep and cool. Like Kylo, everyone who knew the old me is dead now. So it's my chance. It's like he went to a new school and he's starting over. <laughs> we can put all that uh, general hugs business behind me. Uh, but General Pride is holding like some little black wrench thing, space cigarette. I don't know what is that. <laughs> I first thought is it a laser pointer? Maybe it is. When he's making a point, he just shines his laser pointer at people. Yeah, maybe they're going over their world domination plan here. It's cool to see an imperial table. It seems like it's been a while since we've seen the bad guys sitting around a table. So I hope this is actually. A table they use in the movie. Well, I'm I'm super curious about General Pride too because is he old enough to be like Kennedy, like a like a true blue from the old Empire that's still loyal to you know, the Emperor? Which now, what we assuming that the Emperor is still part of this somehow, like it kind of adds more weight to that whole kind of thing of these ride or die imperial guys that never say surrender you know and never gave up on the dream yeah no you're right yeah he's totally the right he's old enough to have been an imperial yeah, which i think all that's fascinating like that story of these people that just never give up and yeah if if they knew like how many of them know that the emperor is still alive do they know that like 
his ghost is still haunting somewhere or something. I don't, I don't know. Maybe his ghost sends him emails like, hey, stay tight. Keep that laser pointer out. Keep it charged. Keep it bright. Keep your synthwave albums coming. I want to hear that new single. I, I don't have a body, so all I can do is listen to synth music. So please <laughs> send me all your new jams. All right. What's up next? All right. Next we have, we're back to the desert. We're back to the resistance and we get our first glimpse of Mr. Chewbacca and C-3PO and Finn in his sweet blue pants and the flying pirate ship machine thing we see them flying on in uh, the teaser trailer, which we can see here is actually just a truck with some stuff on it. They're taking some tips from Solo, making the ship's with trucks first and then just getting rid of the wheels, which is pretty cool because that was a one of the neater effects in Solo. Ray still has her staff. Looks like Chewie has his bowcaster. There's a an umbrella over C-3PO and some cool behind-the-scenes action. Well, our next photo is a pretty classic photo of our old friend C-3PO under an umbrella where he's kind of getting shined up by a member of the crew. And you got BB-8 hanging out nearby 3PO. Yeah, this is like I think our best look at the new C3PO costume. He's very gold again. You can kind of tell that it looks more comfortable. For Anthony Daniels, like it looks more comfortable on the outside, so I would imagine it's it's more comfortable on the inside. But it's cool, yeah, it's cool to see 3PO back and it's cool in the article that they're kind of hinting that there's a lot more C3PO in this movie, which I was not expecting. Yeah, we learned that C-3PO's first line in the film involves the term, quote, common emblem. And he says that 3PO does something in this movie that surprises everyone. Maybe he's, he stops talking. Maybe he cries. That's what made Kevin Smith cry. He saw 3PO cry. But it's I'm happy to see BB-8 hanging out with 3PO. I mean, we're, maybe we're getting our droid team up that we've all been waiting for. 3PO was a spy master. Nice to see a familiar face. How rude. Now we're getting Zori Bliss was pretty incredible, but these next two, which they had to put next to each other because if you looked at either one individually, he might explode, but having the two next to each other, your your brain can't focus on either one. Our first one, Finn and new ally, Jana, played by Naomi Aki, atop Hardy Orbox, lead the charge against the mechanized forces of the First Order. So, where do we begin with this photo? We were mad at Solo because we didn't get Han and Chewie riding on Space Yaks. And I think J.J. Abrams heard our tears dripping onto the floor. So he made some calls and we got new space horses. They look like giant Af- those dogs, what, Afghans or whatever, right? They're like giant Afghan dogs with wild boar horse heads. They're so beautiful. This is what we're talking about. This is This is some Star Wars right here. This is the dream. We got some space horses in... The Last Jedi, and now we're getting like super space horses. Everyone was like, "Oh, is, what's is JJ going to try to change 
what Ryan did? Is he going to try to outdo what Ryan did? And the thing he honed right in on, oh, you wanted to have space horses. Well, I will take your space horses and I will raise the stakes here because I'm going to cover them in shaggy, shaggy dog fur and give them tusks and war paint. Ugh. Try not to even think about the concept of a Black Series two-pack of Finn and Janna riding Black Series size or box. And, you know, we don't usually get into to spoilery stuff too much, but there were set photos way back of uh, potentially Chewbacca on one of these, right? Just think about all that fur just blowing in the wind. Oh, Orbox. Are they named after Jerry Orbach? Pablo said no. It was an actual topic that was brought up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to believe that they are named after Jerry Orbach. They bring law and order to the universe. <laughs> Maybe that's the individual Orbach's name, names in this photo. One's law and one's order. <laughs> just, just check out Jana. She's like going John Wick on the side of that Orbach, which I'm going to say is order. With her space bow and arrow thing, just riding it sideways so she can shoot down probably like a TIE fighter with her space bow and arrow. Again, we're ta- this is some Star Wars. This is Star Wars. This should be the poster for the movie. It just says, this is Star Wars, coming December 19th. I'm going to walk into the theater and I'm going to say, give me a ticket for the movie with the people riding the, the ore box. I'm just going to print this out and put this on the counter at the theater and just point <laughs> <laughs> and, until they figure out what I want. Give me this. They'll get the picture. They're like, oh, you want to see the Star Wars movie? Yes. We can. I think we can. We could just stop right here. I can't look away. I wish we could. But the next photo. <sighs> No, this next photo. Yeah, we're we're still getting over the cover of the Art of Rise of Skywalker book. And then we get this in the flesh. Kylo Ren and Rey, they are dueling and possibly each other. Possibly there's a th- there's a good amount of space in between them. Possibly they're teaming up against something else. I don't know. At first I thought that was Rain. But on closer examination, it looks like waves crashing into where they are. So what have we seen in the teaser trailer where there's like violent kind of waves and it looks like they're standing on some kind of mechanical thing. It looks like Kylo and Rey are on top of the Death Star. Yeah. Some people have said it's the Falcon. There's That's not the Falcon. They're on the Death Star. Yeah, I think you're right. And if there's anything... That you can say about Force Awakens is that J.J. nailed that lightsaber fight. And I'm really looking forward to seeing now that he's unleashed, he's J.J. unleashed what he's going to bring us with lightsaber craziness. Because this is what one still image of something that's going to be moving and it's already blowing our minds. In the article, J.J. saying he feels less constrained by the past on this one. His quote is, Working on 9, I find, I found myself approaching it slightly different, which is to say that on 7, I felt beholden to Star Wars in a way that was interesting. I was doing what, to the best of my ability, I felt Star Wars should be. But this time, something changed. Abrams found himself making different choices for the camera angles, for the lighting, for the story. It felt slightly more renegade, he says. It felt slightly more like, you know, it. He says that in the article. J.J.'s going crazy. 
I'm going to do the thing that feels right because it does, not because it adheres to something. That sounds cool. That's what we want, JJ. That's what we want you to do. Let loose. Maybe he tried to call the movie Star Wars Episode Nine. Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> we wax the Last Jedi's car every day. We go to Last Jedi's house. This car is parked in the garage, and we just get it real shiny. And I think in every single episode, that's kind of what Ryan Johnson was doing with Last Jedi. He was just kind of saying, you know what? I don't care what you guys. You know, I'm I'm just gonna make the best Star Wars movie there is, and I don't, you know. Well, and it's it's great where it seems like JJ was like, okay, you kind of th- you threw down the threw down the gauntlet, and I'm gonna pick it up, and I'm gonna. You thought you were getting crazy with Star Wars. Now we're gonna get really crazy. I want to watch Episode Nine in a in a pool in a wave pool. Oh man, maybe they because there's there's those 4D theaters now. Have you ever gone to one of those? No. There's different kinds because there's like ones that are like at amusement parks and stuff. And they like, like uh, I think Legoland has one. And there's like a movie where there's water and it like sprays water on your face. But I think there's actually one out by me that has like wind machines and things that like actually blow wind on you and stuff. So this might be the movie to see yeah, where you could maybe you'll get you have a shaking seat that sprays water in your face and, and wind machines blow at you. Well, and I did not know this, too, but. Our, our, our friends over there on the, the Force Material podcast let us know on Twitter that originally at one point in the development of A New Hope, Luke and Darth Vader were going to battle on the surface of the Death Star. And there's a quote from Rinsler's Making of Star Wars that between the second and third drafts, Luke stopped on the surface of the Death Star. And he and R2 had to take the bomb by hand, open a little hatch, drop the bomb in. They had 15 seconds but then they were when they were going back to the ship, Darth Vader shows up and they have a big sword fight on the Death Star. Makes sense. Digging deep into the old stuff. Yeah, because there's a couple of the comic covers, right, had that. I think they were talking about that, right? There were multiple, two or three of the comic covers had lightsaber fights outside the Death Star. Yeah, I can't think of a cooler place to have a lightsaber fight than in crashing waves on top of a half-sunken Death Star. The parallels with Return of the Jedi, and it's just oh god, and the and the Revenge of the Sith parallels of right. It's the they're on the cold water instead of the hot lava. I'm not, I'm not going to make it. I might, you know, like I feel like I'm going to pass out just thinking about it. I'm not going to make it. I think it's July already, and we're still sitting here looking at this picture. All right, we've got to move on. We've got to move on. I can't. Okay, what's next? Uh, all right, so just more behind the scenes, whatever. <laughs> no, this one's still pretty cool. We get a good look at the speeder machine truck thing, and it's got a bunch of junk. It's got Ray, it's got Chewie, it's got BB-8. This might be, what, the shot where 3PO's like, tied to the mast or whatever on it, right? Yeah, filming some stuff looks cool. And then moving on, well, what do we have here? It's a Christmas photo with the with the, the most awesome family in the world. You got Chewbacca, you got Poe Adventure Poe with gloves on, BB-8 sneaking around Poe on the other side of Poe. You got Dio, which it's a small thing with this article. I was really happy with the the official way to spell Dio. This is D-O. I was re- I that's wasn't clear after celebration. I still didn't know if there was, you know, if there was an eye in there, if we were truly in the realm of Holy Diver or something. <laughs> and you got over on the other, in the 
captaincy of the Falcon. You got Billy D. Williams back as Lando Calrissian. Just looking incredible. Yeah, he looks great. He's got a cool. He's still got his. Is that his uh, Lobot wristwatch he's got on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> think about that. It's interesting. I keep going back and forth with his solo movie style outfit because one time I'll look at it and I'm like, I don't know if I like that. And then I'll look at it again and I'm like, man, that looks great. I keep going back and forth. I like that. It's like in this picture, you get a good look at it. And you know, for a while people were like, he's wearing the exact same shirt he was wearing in solo. And it's like, it's a combination of like the Donald Glover kind of shirt and the kind of shirt he wore in empire. The cape is just a hundred percent right on. And well, actually seeing it up close in this picture, I think seeing that it's kind of a darker yellow and almost like a satiny kind of fabric, it's, it seems a lot more old Lando than maybe seeing it tiny in it. Yeah, because it's not as, as over the top as young Lando would be. And his shoulder strap gun holster is pretty sweet, too. It's so cool. It looks, the whole thing just looks so cool. Adventure Poe is just ridiculous. I'm in love with Dio. I'm not afraid to say it. He looks like the spy versus spy people, and I'm really into that. Chewie looks great. Oh, I can't see his bandoliers. Oh no, wait, it is there. I was gonna for a minute there. I was gonna say Chewie was naked, and that scares me. But you never get enough naked Chewie. A little bit is too much. I was wondering, do you think this isn't the the JJ blurry Instagram picture, is it, or Twitter picture? No, Daisy Ridley was in that. Was it Daisy Ridley in there? It wasn't Lando. It's it's all a blur, literally. Remember those days, the blurry photo. I don't see. There's no uh, no remnants of porgs in here that I see. Maybe uh, they got rid of them, or they're they're keeping that a secret. They're all behind Chewie. That'd be great to see Lando's reaction to a porg. But okay, so we've got to move on. And what a way to move on! Oh, we're going to the citizens of Pasana, the wonderful. Beings known as the Aki Aki. <sighs> Got a bunch of weird dudes with some tentacle things coming out of their, their mouths. A couple goggle people over in the corner. I love the dude in the middle with just a blanket. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dress as him at the premiere so I can just be comfortable. I'm just going to just roll in with a blanket. The Aki Aki. Just look at those guys. Just take a good look at the Aki Aki and think about that they're the Aki Aki. Just think about all the people at art fairs around the country who who make those necklaces like that are going to just be, they won't be able to keep them on the shelves next summer. It's going to be people at craft fairs selling Aki-Aki necklaces. All the kids want them. I want a t-shirt with a picture of Aki-Aki that says the Aki-Aki are wacky-wacky. I want a bumper sticker that says that too. Ask me, ask me about the Aki-Aki. Ask me questions about the Aki-Aki. I don't know anything, but we can talk about it. You know, like. I'll make stuff up. Let's talk. It's like a question drop box. You just put a little piece of paper in a box. The Aki-Aki ask-ass box. And then there's just the guy in the back with a didgeridoo or something, right? So hopefully they're they're going to be playing some jams. Oh, God, I hope so. I hope as soon as they arrive on Pasana, the Aki-Aki start playing some hits. This next one, shocker, surprise, guess what? John Williams is scoring with an orchestra, and look at the screen back there. There's Carrie Fisher in the movies with 
it's yeah, so crazy. The one-two punch, you know, we just like was it a couple weeks ago or something. It's like John Williams. He's seen the movie and he scored like twenty-five minutes. And yeah, and here's a photo of John Williams scoring the freaking movie. What are they trying to do to us? What is this? Yeah, and because oh, you might be distracted by John Williams. Here's Carrie Fisher in a jungle wearing a new outfit. So some sort of crazy magic going on here. I can't even think about it. This movie's multiple levels deep of just wildness. <laughs> and we know very little, but just like, yeah, you're looking at just that picture. It's like, that's potentially completely fake Carrie Fisher other than her face in a real jungle. In a real jungle with real <laughs> leaves. Yeah. With a real John Williams recording real music. It's interesting seeing the scoring because it seems like this is a very, it's a very small orchestra. Yeah, that does seem kind of small. Yeah. And I can't remember now if they, if they went with the smaller orchestra for the last two movies, but. I feel like in that, remember that 60 minutes thing about uh, The Force Awakens with the scoring? They showed like a little bit of scoring for Force Awakens and it almost killed us. I feel like it was around that same size. I don't know. Let's get ready for our final photo here. All right. Did we save the best for last? Maybe. I was shocked to see this photo today. I had to, I was like, wait, is this real? Is this a thing? Are we really seeing this? Are they really, is this, is this happening right now? Well, the extra crazy thing with this one is there's a very good chance that this is from Last Jedi and that they just saved it. And they were like, let's throw a Luke one in there because people know he's in the movie. Right? He's dressed exactly like he was in Last Jedi. He's standing in front of a fire, which is a scene from Last Jedi. He's with R2, which is Last Jedi, which is fine. If if they had this picture sitting around, I'm glad I finally got to see it. I don't think they would give us a Last Jedi photo in this article. I think this this is Rise of Skywalker territory here. It's JJ, I don't know. He's just he's given us a taste, but not given away. The recipe just gave us a free sample. Luke is standing there. Something's burning behind him. We saw in the, the, the cover of the art of the Rise of Skywalker, there was like something that looked very much like these colors and that kind of fire by Kylo Ren. True. I mean, th- those colors are almost exactly like that cover of the art of book by Kylo. Luke did say that he'll always be with him. And, you know, I know these Vanity Fair pictures aren't necessarily what, exa- like we said, aren't exactly what we're going to be seeing. They're not like stills from the movie. They're Annie Leibovitz staging a photo, usually. If you look at Luke's face, and if he's kind of haunting Kylo Ren, it kind of looks like it. But what's R2 doing there? Is the reason why we have not seen R2 in any footage or anything yet which was making us nervous. Is it is R2 with Luke's ghost? Yeah, I, don't, I was thinking about that too. Like, would R2 have wanted to go back to the island and just hang out on the island and talk to Luke's ghost? Or is Luke's ghost just showing up and, and talking to R2? Well, and I really, really love, if this is the way Luke's ghost is going to be in the movie, that Luke basically isn't even a ghost because... It just makes sense because, like, at the end of Last Jedi, the end of the conversation between Luke and Yoda, Yoda doesn't even look like a ghost. When they're sitting next to each other watching the tree burn, Yoda's just there. Luke learned the, the ability to live after death even long after Yoda did. So in that time, 
you know, these Jedi have perfected this skill. So basically, death means absolutely nothing to a Jedi master at this point. And it's it's like what Obi-Wan said, you can strike me down and I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. It's definitely true now. My, my mind's not ready for this. I need to print this picture out and look at it once a week just to keep my brain in shape so I don't go into shock. I'll destroy her and you and all of it. No. Strike me down in anger and I'll always be with you. Just like your father. I, I texted you this picture this morning and both of our replies back and forth were just the F word over and over again. For fantastic, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because... Th- whether it's a new photo or not, we weren't expecting some Luke Luke shots this early in Vanity Fair. So thank you, Star Wars. Thank you, Vanity Fair. Thank you, JJ. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Uh, there, you know, and there's tons of stuff in the article, too. There's Adam Driver talking about Kylo and Rey's force bond. And he's saying it, it ends with the question in the air. Is he going to pursue that relationship or when the door of her ship goes up? Does that also close the camaraderie that they were maybe forming? And Daisy Ridley talking about how Ray is more confident, calm, and less fearful. It's still sort of over, overwhelming, but in a different way, it feels right. They tell us a little bit, not very much. Kathleen Kennedy talked about how when they first got together to talk about planning the new trilogy, they were a little bit stuck until J.J. Abrams stood and said, how do we want it to feel? Let's just put that up on a whiteboard. And I asked her what they wrote on the whiteboard, and she said a lot of words, but the word that really stuck was delightful. Delightful, sure, but also a world-class killer, because this movie... It's going to knock people out. (laughs) They're going to hand out neck braces in the lobby, so nobody gets a whiplash. (laughs) With the Star Wars logo on them. And mouth guards, so you don't bite down on your tongue. Like we said, this is only the beginning with the, this whole thing has only just begun. We got the teaser tree. We got the Vanity Fair. We've got a long road ahead of us until December. And I think if we all stick together and we all help each other and we all look out for each other, make sure that we all have water and f- emergency food, I think we can make it if we all stick together. I think we can survive. Live together, die alone, right? popular movie is great family entertainment still showing on the giant screen at the dominion tottenham court road seats bookable star wars certificate you may the force be with you Captain Rex. You're listening to Jason and Gabe on Blast Points. And these last points, too accurate for sand people, 
Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. photos but if you if you can find a minute to stop looking at these photos for the rise of skywalker you know what to do you head over there on itunes you leave us a review and you write a little something and somehow it helps the show in a weird way it helps other people find it if they search on itunes and uh, and we will read your review on an upcoming show and check out our website blastpointspodcast.com there was a new Darth Field yesterday, and after that, check out us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Sign up for the Blast Point Super Chill Group, and if you like the show and want to help out the show, feel free to join us on Patreon. You can help out the show and get a few extra episodes each month. Pretty soon, not too long after this episode comes out, there's going to be a Patreon-exclusive episode where we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones. What's going on? It's done, so they can move on to Star Wars. So, yeah, let's so let's, let's talk about Game of Thrones. What, what, what happened? What was <laughs> so that? So that's something to look forward to over there on Patreon. But that about wraps up episode number 172, these crazy Vanity Fair pictures. We will never recover from this, but we have to because next week it's the return of Phantom Menace a year. Yes, the 20th anniversary of Phantom Menace is still going strong here at Blast Points. We're, n- <laughs> we're not quitting until the year is done. No. The party is still going on Phantom Menace year all year round. So look forward to that next week. We've got to go look at those pictures some more. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.